0: Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Today, my guest is Victoria Shaw, who is an intuitive counselor and spiritual coach. Victoria has a PhD from Princeton University. She went back to school and got a master's in counseling, and she blends this academic knowledge with her intuitive abilities to help her clients heal, learn, and grow, and develop their full potential, both spiritually and personally. Today, we discuss the difference between an intuit, a psychic, a median, and channeling. We talk about how we all have intuitive abilities and how to develop these abilities within ourselves and with our children. And we talk about the misconceptions within her field of work in intuition and how she developed those skills and how they evolved over time for her. This was a fun and fascinating episode. I encourage you to have an open mind and I would love for you to share your thoughts. So enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Hey, Nicole. I'm excited that we're finally getting to do this. So I would love to dive in. I have a million questions for you. Um, And one is that you're an intuitive counselor, and I realize a lot of people might not realize what that is. So let's start there. So
1: the way that I understand or explain what I do is that I combine all of my training and background in counseling and psychology. So I I have some letters after my name, Um, with intuitive guidance. And intuition is a gift that we all have. It's not just for a select few. Um, I think of us all as spiritual beings first and foremost. So we're spiritual beings and we're having a human experience. And when we come to earth and we decide to have this human experience, it's natural for us to forget our divine origins. We forget all of the good stuff that our soul knows. And we start to um, just lead this normal three-dimensional human life, which is is a cool thing because it's what you're here to do. But you see, you have this deeper wisdom. You have this soul-based wisdom, and it's always available to you. And that is your intuition. I like to think of it as your spiritual GPS system that keeps you aligned with your life's purpose and path. And the more that we learn to listen to that, the more joyful and easy and purposeful our lives become. And so my work is to help people start to tune back into their own intuition and navigate their lives from that soul guidance rather than getting lost and stuck in all the human stuff, which is beautiful and wonderful, but a lot more pleasant when it is also aligned with our soul and our soul's Mm -hmm. purpose.
0: And I love your modesty with the letters behind your name because you did go to Princeton and you do have a PhD. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's kind of sweet. One thing I read that I'm a little confused about was that you got a PhD in cognitive psychology from Princeton. Um, did your postdoctoral training. And then did you go back to school and become yes, a licensed ma'am. professional counselor? That's so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. So my doctorate was in cognitive psychology, which is research psychology. And I was drawn to that career because of these big philosophical questions I had. And and at the time, I thought of them as philosophical questions because um, I didn't know about spirit yet. I wasn't raised in a spiritual background. I wasn't raised with any religion. But I, I was so fascinated by, like, what's the relationship between our mind and our body? And what is, you know, what really is consciousness? And um, so I went to grad school to pursue those interests. And instead, what I found myself doing is working in a lab. Uh, and, and I lost, I lost touch with my greater purpose. And it wasn't until around about eight to 10 years later, um, when my intuition started to open up and I realized, oh wait, that was spiritual questions that I was pursuing. And, and it was that great spiritual guidance that led me to that place. And I just kind of got lost in the human stuff. And, um, so I did my, I did my PhD, I did my postdoc, and then I um, took some time off to raise my family because my passion was gone. And at the level that I was working, you don't work at that level um, if you don't have the passion for it. You know, when you are working at the doctoral level at Princeton, you give your full life to that career. And, And I just wasn't feeling it. And it was in that process that I started to be introduced to all of these weird people that, you know, were doing things like acupuncture. That was weird. Or cranial sacral therapy or energy healing. Oh my God, like what was that? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of them were very intuitive and they kept telling me that I was very intuitive and I started to listen. And when I started to listen and when I made that commitment to awaken my own intuition, pretty much everything about my life changed and it changed for the better. And um, a few years into that journey, I started to just realize that I could receive guidance for other people. And that I could know things about people that I had no logical business knowing. And I realized that I had that gift my whole life. I could just read people really easily. I would know things. People would say things to me like, you know, that's very insightful for a seven-year-old. I mean, I didn't know. It was just what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I kind of realized this was my intuition and once I kind of realized the, the the nature of the information that was coming through, I felt like I really wanted to ground it in in some kind of, you know, training. And so for me, because I was already a psychologist, I felt like I really wanted to get some kind of clinical degree. And, um, and so I went and got my master's of counseling.
0: And when you started becoming aware that you had this gift and talent and you started nurturing it, what did that look like for you? Uh, The first thing was just Kind of
1: understanding what it was. And once I kind of understood, oh, this is my intuition, then I started to recognize all the ways in which it had been guiding me my whole life. Even going to grad school, even my passions, I realized I was always guided by this deep sense of purpose. I just, I didn't always know how to listen to it. I was also an empath. So Mm -hmm. I was somebody that, you know, felt what everyone else was feeling. And for the first part of my life, to my own detriment, because I was often so overwhelmed by the feelings, emotions, and needs of everyone else that I kind of had lost myself. So mm-hmm. I really learned to set boundaries, both interpersonally, but also energetically. So I wasn't just picking up all the pains of the world all the time and being like a little sponge for everyone else's discomfort. So that was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. But I also realized that I had this ability to receive guidance for people, that um, I was doing what I recognize now as channeling. and Tapping into the vast wisdom that we have on the other side of the veil, and bringing it into words, bringing it into this human experience and conceptual awareness. So I was doing that all along, mm-hmm. and then the first thing that really woke up for me, I, I took a class, an uh, online class about you know intuition development, and I found that I could easily, if you gave me someone's name, I could tap in and get all sorts of information about them and for them. Mm-hmm. There. And I remember my sweet husband. I was I would always like read people from his office because I just like wanted to <laughs> use this muscle, and I'd be like, "All right, mm-hmm. give me another name, give me another name," and just information would come through about their personality, about their needs, about how they understood the world, and it was fascinating and it was joyous. And um, also, as I started to work with people more directly, I realized that a lot of the information that came through was of a counseling nature, right? So I'd see like what happened when you were 12, you mm-hmm. know, th- that experience that you had when you were 12, that's what's coming true for you now. That's why you're having this issue at work because it's reminding you of that. And that was one of the reasons why I went back and got that counseling degree. I wanted to understand from that more um, counseling lens what what was going on and what I was doing mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, I was being responsible.
0: And so how much is this kind of working for you? For an example would be when I reached out to you and asked you to do a podcast, did you get an intuitive hit or when you're on here with me now, are you getting intuitive <laughs> hits or do you have to kind of like tap in and get into a special place and a mindset and, and connect with yourself in a deeper way and then information comes? How does that work? That's a beautiful
1: question and it's different for everyone. And I think we all have an intuitive radar that to some extent is turned on in the background all the time. And it's nudging and guiding us all the time. And I really invite people to listen to that, especially those higher nudges, because sometimes you're going to feel pulled in a different direction. You're going to be pulled to do something or repelled from something, or you're going to get an idea that you have a lot of excitement about. And a lot of times, those are the nudges and whispers of your soul. And they're always there. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing a reading, right? I tune into you. I tune into your energy. I tune into your name. I get really, really present with you. And with the energy and with your spirit guides, because the way that I understand what I do is that I connect with your spiritual support team, which we all have. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a a much more intentionally focused thing where all I am doing is tuning into that particular channel. Mm Mm-hmm. So as when I was younger, as an empath, I was sort of doing that without meaning to. I was just tapping into everybody's energy all the time to my own detriment. I've learned now to set energetic boundaries. I've learned now to only keep the channel open for my highest guidance. And everything else is I only tune in if there's a specific purpose, if there's a specific reading in the context of a session. Um, Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so this whole world is a little bit new to me. So what is the difference between um, an intuit, a medium, channeling, a psychic? Are they, there's a little bit of a blurry lines and I I feel like there's a difference between them all.
1: Yeah, and and to some extent, Nikki, it's just words. Well, different people are going to use those words differently. So, we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. And what happens in about the first seven years of life is that you lose a lot of neural connectivity. We think about our brains growing and developing, but actually, what happens as our brains develop is we lose connections. We don't gain connections. So, what we're really learning is to do is to focus our attention through the little keyhole of our conditioned, shared, consensual reality and when we look through that keyhole there's a lot of things that we are leaving out but we don't forget those things we are still receiving and responding to those things we are just not taught to pay attention to them so mm-hmm. we all have this multisensory awareness and all the it's 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 pulling on us all the time but most of us have just been taught to discard it or our intellect our mind which is what we are allowed to see through that keyhole will take credit for it right? Mm-hmm. And so tell us, oh, look what that great idea I had with my mind when really it it didn't come from there at all. Mm-hmm. So we all have that deeper multisensory knowing, that connection to our spirit, to our soul, to the non-3D reality. And I'd call that your intuition. Psychic, you know, is one of those words that gets a little more woo. A lot of people think that only some people are psychic. Not everyone has psychic abilities. Only some of us have them. But when we think of a psychic experience, we think of something very big or loud, like telling the future or, you know, knowing something about that something's going to happen or what reading someone's mind or, you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, We all have those abilities too. We just don't all develop them. So I would say just the difference between intuition and psychic ability is just, you know, the strength of it. But for me, they're kind of the same thing. And I use Mm -hmm. those two terms interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Mediumship abilities is where we can connect with spirit and spiritual guidance, or you can connect with loved ones who have deceased because what happens is... Though you know we have a limited time here in this three D physical human reality and human world and material world, um, our soul and our and our our soul persists and our spirit persists mm. and never goes away. Your soul is eternal, and so when someone crosses over, you can still communicate with them. You can still tap into their energy. Likewise, our spirit guides are beings that are here to support us that don't incarnate at all, and so mediums have the ability to tap in. To and connect with spiritual beings and entities. Mm-hmm. Again, there are some people for whom this comes really naturally and normally, and there are some people for whom it's actually hard to shut down. I don't say it's for a chosen few. We all have those abilities. It's just about learning to do it more intentionally and recognizing that just for some people, it comes more naturally than others, um, but we're all doing it all the time and we can all learn to do it more. Channeling, again, is that ability to receive guidance from the other side and bring it into the human plane. Mm. And that can be some people are channels where they they simply go unconscious and something speaks through them and they don't even remember what they said. That is not mm. me. I'm always a conscious channel. Um, but even like someone who's getting inspiration to write a beautiful song, Or a book or a a novel is often channeling. They're often Mm -hmm. tapping into something greater than them and then encapsulating that in words and concepts and music and sound, that's channeling too. So really Mm -hmm. anytime that we bring our greater spiritual awareness into the human realm, um, we are channeling. Mm
0: -hmm. I want to read something that you wrote on your website that struck me. Um, you wrote by surrendering to and bearing witness to our pain, we transform ourselves and our lives. For me, learning to connect with my inner wisdom meant working through the layers of sadness and grief I had accumulated based on my own, not so perfect childhood. It involved healing and accepting the parts of myself that were still hurting, as well as questioning many of the truths i had been taught over the years and letting go of the beliefs and expectations of others. So I could learn to embrace the wisdom of my own heart. This work wasn't always easy, but it was truly transformational. The deeper I was willing to dig into the muck of unconsciousness, the easier it was to see the beautiful light that shone beneath and the more I was able to connect with my true spiritual self, which leads me to the thought that for one, to be able to connect to these higher sources, there's a little bit of a dive through darkness and pain and understanding self. and accepting in order to be a clear vessel? Is that far off or not? Um, I think it
1: can be that way. I think, you know, the human journey for many of us has been one where we suffer to grow. I don't think that's necessary. But part of hearing your intuition more clearly is getting rid of some of those blind spots, right? Honoring all parts of your personality. You are, you. You are presence. You are consciousness. You are awareness. You are not the part of you that's suffering. You are not the part of you that needs to know all the answers. You are not the part of you that thinks that you don't know all the answers. You are are the awareness of the human experience, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. where your intuition and guidance comes from. It comes Mm -hmm. from that place of pure presence. When Mm -hmm. I do a reading, there's always a dropping down just into presence. And presence is also where all healing comes from. All healing is when we are able to be super present with our experience. That alone is healing because that aligns us back with our true nature, our true self. That allows us to have this human experience and the parts of it that don't always feel so good. And we hold them in that loving awareness. And that is healing and transformative. It does not have to be hard or painful. It can actually be really joyous and easy, but up until now, for many of us, it can sometimes feel a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. or a lot of bit uncomfortable. I don't really believe that we have to suffer to grow. I think suffering is optional, but it's the way that many souls have chosen to grow on earth up until now. And I believe that as we move into the new age um, more and more, that the suffering will become increasingly optional. Mm -hmm. Um, But the good news is we do grow from every experience that we have, including the uncomfortable ones. And so that when we can honor ourselves through those experiences and honor those experiences more, um, we become less limited by them. And that will, of course, clear the channel. mm -hmm. And I think becoming aware too, for me, a lot of it is when we know what our trigger points are then it's more easy to discern between the voice of your soul and and your chatty conditioned mind and your ego
0: well that's a that's a good point cuz how 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 would one know if it was the chatty ego mind which is very active and busy in many of us um or we were getting some kind of wisdom from a higher self how do we discern that
1: the voice of your soul is always is often, I won't say always, but is often very quiet and subtle. So we have to sometimes tune down the mind so that we can really listen. Uh, the voice of your intuition, spirit, or soul will never beat you up. It's always loving. It doesn't have emotion, so it's not going to feel emotionally charged. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. You get a hit of something intuitively, and then your mind doesn't like it, and the emotions kick in really quickly. So sometimes it can be hard to just get that one moment, right, where it's clear and, and direct. But for the most part, even if my guidance is giving me something that my mind won't like, in the moment that comes through, it's always clear and calm. It doesn't have any emotional charge. It's always uplifting and loving. I always say if the voice in your head is unkind, it is your mind.
0: It's Interesting. Your mind. Yeah,
1: your your soul loves the crap out of you. your spirit guides. They love you unconditionally. You come. You are love incarnate. So anything that is not resonant with that is a thousand percent not your intuition. Mm -hmm. Now, your intuition won't always tell you what you want to know. Right. Because sometimes your ego has an investment in a certain direction. Like, I really like this guy. He's got to be the one. And, you know, your inner wisdom is like, yeah, well, you know, I know you really like him. But have you noticed that, you know, all those red flags? So there are times when we are resistant to knowing what we know mm-hmm. in that deeper level. Um, but your intuition, it's always on your side. It's always loving. And, um, and part of knowing the difference is just increasing that level of discernment, right? We, we practice, we listen, we trust more. And then you start, you start to see the patterns and know, you know, when you're getting misled by the mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that everybody has these spirit guides. Um, Why is it that their voices aren't a little bit more loud or helpful (laughs) towards all of us?
1: Well, they are and they're there all the time and they're helping you all the time, whether you realize it or not. And so Mm -hmm. you're not seeing all the beautiful things that your guides are doing for you because we have this human conditioning that tells us to always focus on the problems um, so one thing that you can do right away to shift that is start looking at what's going well in your life. Mm-hmm. Start look at what's, you know, all the magic. When you start looking for the magic, not only do you see it more where it's already happening, but you create more of it because mm-hmm. that is that is how life actually works. Um, so yes, your spirit guides are with you all the time. They're creating magic for you all the time. But you know, most people haven't been tuned. Haven't been taught to tune in. We haven't been taught to listen. You know, a lot of people don't even know that this form of guidance exists, or we just wait until that moment, you know, when we're on our knees and we're like begging for some kind of support and we're like, anywhere, please help me, you know. And that's the first time we even ask. And by then, sometimes we're so worn down and so upset, you know, they can't even get through to us, but they're always working on your behalf. And again, we all have the opportunity to communicate with them and to learn how to do that more. And to some extent, just like your intuition, it's happening all the time. It's just learning to do it more intentionally.
0: Mm -hmm. And I found for me, meditation is a really good tool to quiet my mind so that it's not interrupting so much.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not
0: getting in the way so much.
1: And meditation can do a couple things. One, sometimes we'll do a guided meditation or visualization to get us into that receptive state. and a lot of things like hypnosis gets you into you know can get you into that more receptive mind quiet state, superconscious state, um meditation for sure, guided visualization, and even some um therapy treatments like e m d r or you know some somatic therapies that get you into your body and the wisdom of your body. all of these things help quiet the mind. And tap into our higher wisdom. So that really works. And then the other thing that meditation does for you, because a lot of times we don't actually try to tune into our intuition when we're meditating, because we actually just wanna be quiet and still. Mm-hmm is it strengthens that stillness muscle. It teaches us what our spirit soul feels like, which is just that pure presence. Your intuition or your higher guidance is like the sun, (laughs) you know, going through that beautiful, clear sky and your thoughts are like the clouds. And so when you meditate, you know what it feels like to bask in the sun more. And then it's easier to find it even on a cloudy day and to remember that it's there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What are like the biggest misconceptions that you find when people meet you about your work?
1: I think by the time people get to my office, they pretty much have an idea of what to expect (laughs) because they've been listening to my podcast or, you know, Mm -hmm. a friend has recommended them. So usually by the time someone gets to me, I have the beautiful, uh, beautiful um, gift of getting to preach to the choir, which is exactly how I like it. But other times, I think a lot of people confuse psychic with future telling, which is not something that I usually do. Um, mm-hmm. Very occasionally, that's a thing that happens, but it's not, it's not a big part of how I practice. I don't, I don't find it very interesting. I think that a lot of times when someone wants to know the future, they want reassurance, right? Mm-hmm. Or they want to control life. And I'm all, more about flowing with life. And so my guidance will often tell you what you need to know now to navigate and to create the future that you so desire, rather than having the exact knowledge that this will happen at this particular time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more about receiving guidance for people to navigate in the now. Um, And again, I think another misconception that a lot of people have that we've already hit on is that, you know, I have your answers for you. (laughs) And that you don't have them for yourself. And like I said, everyone has intuition. And I think sometimes it's just great to hear a guidance out of someone else's lips because there's so much noise internally in our minds that when somebody else says it for us, it gets our attention. And then we can tune into our very own intuition and say, oh, yeah, that feels right. That resonates. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people when they come for a reading with me, the first thing I say is my job is to give your guidance back to you. Because in the deepest sense, we already have all our answers. We already know that within us, we've just forgot. And mm-hmm. the human journey is about remembering little by little again, what we already know. And so I often tell people like, well, I am the conduit and channel for you to hear your guidance. I'm your soul speaking back to you. And so you're in the driver's seat to see what resonates and to see what fits. But I always invite you to, Every bit of information that is thrown at you to tune into yourself and say, does this fit? Does this feel right? Does this mm-hmm. resonate? And if yeah. not, let it go. Let it go. If if it's something that you're resisting that is meant to come and be yours, it will come again. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But but for the most part, like you know deep inside what your truth is. And um, you don't want anyone to take that away from you and say they have your answers.
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand the ability to tap into our own intuition, um, but what you're doing after listening to your podcast is much more than that. Um, and it's crazy because you're tapping into other people's reality and telling them things that there's no way a stranger would know, um, (laughs) you have a knowing about what's going on with them and their life and their situation and able to provide guidance in that direction. Um, And I think that's so fascinating. I I don't think that everybody has that skill. Yeah. I mean,
1: again, I think that we all have gifts. Everyone has gifts and I definitely honor and, and love mine. And I love sharing those gifts with others and I love developing them and watching them grow um, uh, but we all have, we all have gifts. We really do. Um, and I honor what I bring to the table, but I also say, you know, sometimes we have this idea, wow, I went to a psychic and they knew all this stuff about me. So everything they say must be true. Mm. And psychic is just, it's just, it's a little, it's a trick. It's a parlor trick. And, you know, we can use it for good and we can use it for me, you know, and there are some people that, you know, are able to read your mind read your energy, get lots of information, and they're not super tapped into their highest guidance, right? So again, it's always up to you to see what resonates. And look, I always set the intention before every session to tune into my client's highest guidance, to be a clear channel, to communicate it, and to align with the highest and greatest good. Mm -hmm. And even then, you know, I'm a human being. I'm not going to get everything right. And um, so I always say, you know, you are in the driver's seat. You have to know what your truth is that's everything. If you're reading a book, if you're going to a doctor, if you're in school, vet every information you get with your own inner compass. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not taught to do that, but please, you know, it's the most important thing that you
0: can do. And what do you think about as a parent, how we can support our kids and their intuition? Model it for them the more that they see you
1: tuning in and tapping in and listening, the more it becomes natural and normalized for them. Also, you know, listen to them more deeply. So Mm -hmm. often our kids will come and they'll have an intuition about something or they'll say, Mommy, are you upset about something Or, you know, they'll, they'll want to do something. They'll feel called towards something. And then we, we either shut them down, right? Maybe I'm upset, but I don't want you to know I'm upset. You know, you don't have to tell them everything that's wrong with you, but you can say, Yeah. yeah, you know, something did upset me. I'm okay. I got this, but thank you for noticing that. And I'd love to have a hug right now. Right. So we, we honor and, 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 um, and validate their intuitions. And we listen to them more. We listen to them more. More, We become more present with our children. And we don't just, you know, brush them off or ask them a thousand questions that get them back into their mind. But we ask them questions that keep them connected with their soul. Like, tell me more about that.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you
1: feeling right now? What do you think is going on? Right? How can I support you with that? These are all the kind of questions that keep your child tapped in to what they already know. Mm-hmm. And then it's important to to have a language, have some verbiage for them, you know, talk about vibes, your intuition or your inner knowing, model it for them, but also have some verbiage too for them so that they, it doesn't shut down. Yeah. But nowadays, so many of my clients are asking those questions. They want they want to keep intuition alive for themselves and their children. And there is that frame of reference, and there are those conversations about home at home about you know your spirit guides and your intuition. And when we do that, we keep it alive. We keep mm-hmm. it alive, and so we give our children the opportunity for that not to shut down for them the way it has for so many of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, nurture that in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My last question for you is, what, what is the role of dreams? Dreams are a beautiful
1: space because it's when our soul travels back home and reconnects to all that it knows. And um, sleep is a great time too, because your mind is not involved. So you, know, you will remember your dreams through that filter of your mind and your conceptual awareness. But when you are dreaming and having that experience, your mind is out of the way. And so many, 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 many people receive guidance that way. They receive healing that way. Um, and we can learn to do it more intentionally if you set an intention before you go to bed and you know, wake up and record your dreams. And mm-hmm. I well, find we- now I remember my dreams very vividly, and I'm also a lucid dreamer. So I've been doing mm-hmm. this for a while, and I know how to work with the energy of my dreams, but we can all learn to do that. And for some people, dreaming is one of the strongest conduits for them for hearing your inner guidance. So if that sounds like you, if you've had prophetic dreams or if, you know, you have very vivid dreams, that's a great place for you to start to hear your guidance. Mm
0: -hmm. And nightmares too, like learning from those, how do we sort out the lessons or information in there?
1: The guides say that nightmares are usually a way of processing stuff that's happening in your daily life in on the other side and in your dreams. And so they're they're rarely messages, although sometimes they can give us some 411 about what's going on in our lives, right? Especially the repeated ones. Sometimes, too, um, our nightmares are past lifetimes. They're mm. past lifetimes that are kind of showing us that, that, that something about them is, is, is leading into our present life now. I work with a lot of kids and actually wrote a whole book for parents and kids around sleep and dreaming and, and nightmares are, are one of the things that we address how to handle a nightmare when you're having it and it works for kids or adults. Um, a lot of times if you wake up from a nightmare, calm yourself, of course, and then think for a little bit about how you'd like to solve it, you know, how you'd like it to go instead. And you can often go back into the dream and, and change the course of that dream and mm-hmm. and make it more pleasant and have a different outcome.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. I would love for you to um, share all the offerings that you have and your website and how people can connect with you and your podcasts and Yay, everything. very
1: much. Yay, thank you for that. So yeah, first and foremost, I have a podcast, Intuitive Connection. We are on three and a half years out. I can't even believe it. Um, so, and on that podcast, I do a lot of things. I do channel teachings. I do interviews with amazing people. I am, I am honored and, and awe inspired by the people that I've had on the show and the conversations I get to have. It is such a gift. And then I also do intuitive reading. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do on the show. I also offer uh, one-to-one readings for people all over the planet. So anything for just, I want a little energy tune up and I want to know what my guides want to share with me too. I'm going through this major crisis Victoria, and I need to know what my my soul wants me to know about this, and I need some guidance. So I do all of that, um, and I always bring to for my counseling tools and skills in addition to the intuitive guidance. Um, I'm still a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Connecticut, so if you happen to live in that state, you can also um, get some counseling too, but most of what I do now is more of the intuitive thing. And then I have um, a number of classes I teach all the time. I love teaching, and my newest baby is my membership community, which is the Intuitive Connection Premier Community, where um, I do live teachings. Because a podcast is a beautiful thing, but you don't you don't get to ask questions, you don't get that feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
1: discuss and riff off the topics covered in the podcast, and then we also I also do group readings and Q and As, and that's really fun, and it's it's a great way to connect with me at a super reasonable price point. And then I have a Facebook group, Intuitive Connection Community, and we discuss a lot of the stuff covered on the podcast and some of our guests will come on and I do mini readings. So we have a lot of fun there too. And that one's completely free. So if you're on Facebook, come check us out there.
0: Awesome. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. Yay! Thank you so
1: much. This was such a fun conversation. I'm glad we got the new mic and we got it working.
0: I know. Me too. Thank you so much, Victoria. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Connected Community Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkyyoga.com, nickyyyog acom Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.